Did you enjoy this episode, Josh? Mate, like we finished by saying in this episode, it's been really important to us to make sure that we, we, we advocate for a bit of social activism. And with everything that's going on in the world today, I think we tackled this uh, brilliantly. And I'm really looking forward to people listening to it and getting some feedback. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, it was brilliant. I mean, we went deep on this topic around the economy. Like, how can you avoid it? And I think just uh, uh, the impact that, that some of these uh, economic measures are having on people is real. And we just went really deep into it. Yeah, and listen, if you feel like you don't understand it fully, I would really encourage you to listen to this because we get into it. I think we bring it all into layman's terms. Um, and, and there's a bit of banter in there as well for you all. So we really hope you enjoy it. Come and find us warehouse. At 115 miles pod. On Instagram, we are growing uh, fast rate. So we'll see you there. Enjoy this episode and we'll see you very soon. <laughs> This is 115 Miles with Josh Connolly and Hassan Kaya. Growing up 115 miles apart, our lives couldn't have been more different, but we find ourselves today with many similarities and outlooks upon life. Join us on our podcast as we take a topical dive into life, work, culture, and everything in between. Nice of you to show up on time for this podcast today, Josh. Do you know what? I, I, I knew that you'd go there today. I knew you'd bring it back up. You can't let it go, can you? I can't. I just, punctuality is one of my you pillars. You were actually fucking annoyed with me when we got here last time. <laughs> nah, I wasn't you annoyed was, with mate. you. You was. I wasn't. I feel much more relaxed today, more calm, uh, less sweaty. I'm on the oversized type, so there's a bit of freedom. You like this T-shirt, don't you? It's good, although the, the blue writing on the white l makes it look like Mamma Mia, the branding for Mamma Mia. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it's Nirvana. Yes. Have you not seen the back? No, I haven't seen the back. Mate, Let's have a look. Ah, yeah, okay. that's why I knew you'd like it. Yeah. So you said you like it, you don't even fucking know what's on it. But it looks like Mamma Mia from the front. Okay. Now, that would be a great T-shirt, a Mamma Mia on the front and Nirvana on the back T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> that, the just, two sides of me. Yeah. <laughs> the complex personality of Josh Connolly. That's about right. It's about, there's a Mamma Mia in me somewhere. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, why are you so relaxed today versus the last time when you turned up? Well, uh, I was late last time, wasn't I? Late, nearly yeah, pissed yeah. myself in the car. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, no, mate, I feel... I'm going on holiday in two weeks, so I'm like... And I'm flat out until we go on holiday, so I feel... feel good, man. I forgot you're going on holiday. Yeah. I let Erin down. She kept sort of hinting to me, like, are we going on holiday? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I just... Yeah. Do you know what? We've got to take the kids out of school for one day as well. And we're gonna get... you're, you're gearing up for the fight, aren't you? Well, we're going to get fined for it. You have to... I've never done it before, so you have to fill this form out. Yeah. To say why you're doing it. Yeah. And almost like plead. And then they decide whether they're going to fine you or not for yeah. it. Yeah. It's inconsistent, by the way. What, whether they find you or not for it? I think different boroughs do different things and it's supposed to be everyone has to. So my wife was talking to this lady on the school run, like, and she said um, they do it all the time. So they go away. They've got, I think they've got like an apartment in Tenerife or something. So they'll pull them out for a Friday often. I think they got two kids and it's they just see it as an extra £100 on what it costs them to fly out there. And so, uh, yeah, she gets fined all of the time. Yeah. But it's our first time, so... Yeah. Funny though, isn't it, that we use a loud off for the Queen 
last week. That's no one's discretion, and everybody gets that off free. Yeah. But you want to pull your kids out because it's two grand cheaper to go on holiday. It's terrible. Fucking that background behind you, by the way. Yeah, it's bad, isn't it? For the people that are listening, there's a background in the stu- one of the studios that we use in London. There's a background in the. Oh my god, it does your eyes. It's like ver- there's vertical lines. Yeah. Going down, it really messes your eyes. Do you know what it's like? Uh, did you ever used to do the magic eye things when you was a kid? Yeah, yeah. You know, well, like you got you have, and then you like yeah. pull them away, and then there's a picture in there. Yeah, yeah. It's like I, it's like I you're only the picture. got the picture about sixty percent of the time. Really? What happened to the other forty percent? Gave up. <laughs> <laughs> I just said there's no picture there. No, I could always do it, man. That's because you were on drugs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Even cool. when there weren't pictures that's, there, you saw yeah, the pictures. Yeah, that's probably true, mate. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> um. So tell me, uh, you know, how's how's life been since our last pod? What's what's been happening in your world? Um, how's life? It's, do you know what, mate? I, I had a lovely weekend this weekend. Uh, it's just gone with the family. You know what's like really nice is I got a season ticket for Swindon this season, right? And like I, I used to go to football and how much did they pay you? What to get, <laughs> <laughs> to, to get yeah. the ticket? <laughs> yeah, no, actually. I don't know if I said it. Or I won the ticket. Did you know that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I won the ticket in my kids' raffle. Um, but the whole family goes. So, like, we go out for a bit of lunch at the pub in town and then go to the football. And my wife comes, my father-in-law comes, my mum come and met us for lunch uh, at the pub. And all my kids come, my youngest, who's four. And we all go to the football. And like I was saying to Leah when we got home, just like how amazing it is that that's my life now. From what I used to do, I used to go to football to let out all of my anger because I was in such a dark and horrible place and football was the one place where I could go and feel like I could release my emotions. And now I go and take all my family and it's, mate, how life has changed. Do you um, do do away games as well? Uh, I haven't. We haven't done yet this season, but I, I, I haven't done any with the... Have I done any with the family? No, I don't think I have. I've taken them. To, I've gone to England games. Yeah, with the kids. Yeah, uh, but no, not away games. But it's in the pipeline. Yeah. Um, emotional check-in. Yeah, let's do it. Let's start with you. Oh, I like the way you turn the tables on. Oh, me that's there. you know that's the that's the yeah the master that's, tactician. That's the master tactician. Answer yeah. a question with a question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How does that make and how does it make you feel? <laughs> um. Do you know, I, I'm I'm a, I'm uh, I'm a mix of emotions at the moment. So the superseding emotion is excitement this week because we've um, got a major um, week of production for our new brand that we're launching, and so we're filming um, lots of new content. I'm really excited about that. But with that comes a level of anxiety because there's so much sort of resting on it. So I'm yeah. sort of I'm I'm also like. Um, my own worst enemy when it comes to not just relaxing and enjoying the moment. And it was a really good, um, there was a good moment last week when I was catching up with the guys and we were, it was kind of hot, you know, there was a lot of high energy going on. I took Thursday off because I had to do some stuff with my mum, for my mum, should I say. And we just ended up having this conversation that was a clearing conversation because we'd kind of misunderstood each other on something. And then it was just in a moment uh, where one of the guys said, I said, let's just relax, let's enjoy it. Like, let's kind of take the most out of it. And that was a really good clearing moment. But I think just coming in, when when I put so much uh, expectation on stuff, it, it, I, I definitely kind of feel the anxiety of always wanting to do a, 
an, you know, an almost perfect job on stuff. Um, but I'm excited about where it's taking us. How do you manage it, right? Because uh, we talked about it on here before. You said doing an almost perfect job, right? I think that's an understatement, right? You, It has to be perfect for you, right? There's a, there's a perfectionist in you, right? Which is like we've talked... Erin would disagree. <laughs> she was... Uh, I was like, I'm a perfectionist. She's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Never shows up at home. <laughs> yeah, but at war, don't, let's not go down that. That's a rabbit hole to go yeah, down, I by know, the way, because... Yeah. Um, Everything that I'm incredible at in my, or I'm told I'm incredible at in my work is is what Leah would probably say is my failings when I'm at home. Yeah. So like listening, for example, I bang on about it all and yeah. how you know great a listener and being and present, being yeah. present and all that stuff. And it's the stuff that I probably fail most on at home. So maybe is that that's probably perfectionist at work, and maybe you're not in. in well, I think you you probably force so much energy towards being that identity. That it's almost like it's it's almost like it it's really hard to summon that energy at home, which is your relaxed state. It's the place where you can just be your mind. Yeah. But yeah, no, but anyway, that was a that was a little joke. I mean, um, but yes, I do have a high um on certain things. I, I, I think, you know, people that know me would say, Oh, I don't really see that about you. But I know myself that there are certain things On stuff that you're passionate, I think, and you know about perhaps. So yeah. how do you genuine question to go back to it? How do you deal with it in a team, right? Because I've done this whole exploring, uh, getting like a VA and I spoke to uh, Deborah, who I know listens and she's like put my mind at ease. And now I feel like I know where I'm going in terms of when I'll be ready to do it and what like I'll be able to to give when I'm eventually ready to do it. But um, the biggest stumbling block for me is giving stuff away that I know how to do that's done in my so way. I think we're pointing to two different things. I think perfectionism and control freakery are two different things, right? Yeah, but how do you, how do you, when you're a perfectionist and you want something done a certain way, yeah. how do you then work with a team? Well, to that's let the them point. Do I don't think perfectionism is about wanting stuff done a certain way. I think perfectionism is probably wanting to make sure that the end product is probably at a level that is kind of unsustainable, right? So it's more about the end product than the process. Whereas right. Control Freak is about the process. Yeah, yeah, and right? I am, I have, yeah. for, for, and, and I, for every ounce of your perfectionism, yeah. I've got that control. Yeah. What did you call it? Control Freakery. Bit harsh. You are a freak. <laughs> but it is, <laughs> With no, that, no that, that is, it is, that is exactly yeah. what it is. And, and, and I'm, I'm probably more comfortable um, letting go of things uh, than I am about kind of a diminished end product. Well, I know that people that work with me would probably disagree with me and say I'm a control freak, but I am, you know, I'm pretty good at you know, trusting other people yeah. getting out of their way. It's something I have to keep working on, particularly as we've grown from being a, you know, a very small, just a couple of us into like, you know, a much bigger team. Um, and actually, it's not like I didn't do that stuff in my former life. I, you know, had big teams and I did, you know, and I did um, that stuff. And I was less of a control freak um, when I didn't care as much. So when I was going to say, when it's not your baby. Yeah, so when it's someone speak, else's it's business, your, yeah. you're, just, you're just quite happy to delegate and do nothing. Um so yeah, so so how do I do it? I just uh, I do I try and trust people around me, get out of their way, um, but on on kind of you know wanting an incredible end product, I don't think you, you know you don't you don't really relent on that you know because I think you just need to know when done is is good enough. I think and yeah. that's the hardest thing. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you just like look at the way we were working on your website. I wouldn't I wouldn't really stop, would I? Until. Um, 
we need no to but i'm up. grateful of that that's why i say i'm <laughs> grateful of your like i sort of take the piss out of it like whenever i get an opportunity i take the piss out of everything yeah. whenever i get an opportunity but uh, no, I recognise the value in it, and it certainly got things to. Well, you've often me. said that you know the parts of us. You've talked about you know, I've talked about control being and you know a significant part of me, and when it tips into overdrive, it can be diminishing and it can take energy from me. But it's also one of the things that makes me stand out. So our parts kind of are good up to a point in which, uh, and after that, they're not. So it's about uh, really understanding Yeah, and stopping that. them being polarised, yeah. isn't it? And, yeah. and being the one in control of them, yeah, yeah. for sure. So let's, uh, how are you? What emotional checking with you? Do you know what? I'm in, um, so this is what I do. My my sort of trajectory of the ways that I feel go in an up and down spiral, right? I'm, I'm either, like when I'm really, really good and I'm in like a clear flow state and I feel very aligned, I'm brilliant. And then when I'm down, it's like, Oh, the fuck am I going to get out of this one? Yeah. And it is incredible the contrast in those two things that always happen to me. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm in that up state at the moment, having, uh, just gone through a period of like high anxiety, feeling overwhelmed and all that kind of stuff. And this is the thing. Yeah. You can ask me when was that? And I can't even remember now, but I remember like when I'm in it, yeah? When I'm in those moments, I very clearly think I can't live my whole life like this. I can't live feeling like this. Like it's not gonna be. And then what happens is I go back to, I always, call, in my mind, I call it like operation back to basics, where I go, right, I cut out everything, every junk food, the equivalent of in my life, and go back to just doing the things that I know work, yeah? Which is my morning routine, getting that clear, not doing the little little things here that send my system and my body into a certain sort of spiral and stuff like that. Um, and what kicks me into gear each time, I don't know, but it happens each time. And it happens quicker every time. So the dark period that I'm talking about was probably about a day or two. It wasn't yeah. dark, but you yeah. know what I'm saying, yeah. yeah. So I'm in that kind of flow state, and I'm a sp in, in that case, in that sense, I'm a sprinter. Yeah. So I just know when I'm in these states, get it done bash out as much as you can before you go back into that yeah. sort of state where you don't get anything done. Yeah, I, I find that, uh, I find when I uh, elevate or, or what's the word, amplify the, the stakes, right? When I think, oh, there's so much riding on this, that sends me in more of a spin than, than if I just kind of just take each step at a time. Yeah. And then when I think, when I think, when I catastrophize the, impact of not doing something or doing something well I go into this major procrastination and I just can't get out of the funk so I've been yeah. trying to write a website brief for probably about six weeks and I just couldn't get out of my head about because it felt like I was trying to do too it's too big if I get it wrong it, you know it's going to have a massive impact and actually I just needed to just start getting on with it and just start typing and just funny enough on the train this morning I just started typing away and it just started to flow because yeah. you stop overthinking it. We yeah. catastrophize so much and it just leads to this place of inaction, doesn't it? Yeah, and that just constant procrastination, right? Of, yeah. And then you never get anything done. Yeah. And that, yeah, so I go through them periods and at the moment I'm in the, I'm in the fast track one, mate. I'm in the fast lane. I'm in your slipstream. <laughs> On fantasy football, anyway. Uh, I'm not bringing up fantasy football. Josh has uh, uh, just overtaken me after two and a half years. So, uh. listen, mate. I live in the now. All right, two and a half years, by the way. Um, I want to read you some some poetry, if I may. 
Um, see if you can recognize it. Um, it's sad, so sad. It's a sad, sad situation. And it's getting more and more absurd. It's sad, so sad. Why can't we talk it over? Oh, it seems to me that sorry seems to be the hardest word. Of <laughs> <laughs> the great Elton John and then more recently Blue featuring Elton John. Uh, Who? Blue? Blue. Remember Blue? What, no? The band Blue. Oh, One, yeah. Did they right. do it? Did yeah. they? Of course I know Blue, mate. Yeah. <laughs> well, you didn't. You, you went Blue? Who? Step back. Because we don't know this chat. I keep it down back. You don't want me to react. I lay low. Keeping all my options open. The, the decision of the jury has got me spoken. Okay. Step into my house to find that my stuff is gone. But in reality, to whom does the stuff belong? I bring you into court and overstep my order. But you know that I overstep the border. One for the money and the... So yes, I know Blue, mate. Should... <laughs> oh my God. You should have hit the chorus, man. Who was your favourite Blue? Uh, I don't know their names, man. Okay. One of them ran off the rails, didn't he? Like the sort of blonde main guy went off the rails for a bit, didn't he? Went in Big Brother, did he, or something like did that? Did he? Don't I think so, yeah. Okay. Um, what do you think I'm pointing to? I've completely lost the trailer for... Oh, oh I do know what you're talking to. Go on. I do know what you're talking to. Um, so the original song that we're talking about here is... Uh, Sorry, Sorry seems to be the hardest way. Yeah. Um, actually, as we speak this morning, um, um, there's been a U-turn, hasn't there, from the government there they, has. where, they, where they've there backed has. out. There um, but there uh, was no sorry. There's been no sorry. No, I see. He what's his name? The dude? Quasi. Quasi. I see. He 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 posted on Twitter today. Uh, we get it. We're making changes, and that was it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what. Passive aggressive. All right. Prick. So, so for context, that's why I'm back. Yeah, because we haven't really said what we're talking Sorry, about. We're on, just talking it, yeah. about an Elton John song and latterly Blue. Um, don't start again, Josh. <laughs> we know you know Blue. Uh, no, the point is, is that um, in the last ten or so days, uh, a ridiculous set of economic policies set by uh, Prime Minister Liz Truss and her Chancellor Kwasi Kwarteng um, have. Uh, cost the UK 20 billion in interest rates alone. Um, the cost of the tax cuts was going to be 45 billion. And I'm, I'm, I still think we're going to see, you know, it's just the 45% that they've wound back, but there's going to be other tax cuts that are going to continue to cost us. And we'll go into some stuff. Um, there is no way, it, it, everyone said that if you do this, the markets will tumble. There is no long-term strategy here. But they have been harboring this kind of um, economic policy for almost like 10 years. Yeah. Um, those two plus a few other Tory, Tory uh, MPs wrote a book. I think it's called Britain Unchained. And they read that about 10 years ago. And it's all around deregulation, quite Thatcherite sort of politics. And I just think it was like aggressive, bold, stupid, but also just arrogant to kind of think, well, we, you know, we've not run the country before. So we're just going to go ahead and do this. And... It, you know, it, it has tanked us and it is going to, uh, you know, it's going to significantly affect us for years to come to recover from just from the interest rates um, alone of 20 billion. It's going to take years and years and years. And we're going to feel that, uh, you know, what, what I hate about arrogant people who are in positions of power is that they just think I'm just going to keep going. Yeah. And, you know, the braver souls say, yeah, we made a mistake and we're sorry, 
and we're going to go back. And we have to do that in life, right? If you and I have a Barney and one of us, you, is usually wrong, you apologise to me and say, I'm, I'm wrong. apologise <laughs> yeah, to you. Yeah, I don't think you ever have. You should, <laughs> you should do that more. Um, but that's it. Like, in, in real life, you yeah. know, like, when we know we've wronged, we say, I'm sorry, and we, we, we take steps, hopefully, to kind of wind back before, because nothing is irreversible. Yeah. Um, and they just can't seem to do it. Right. So like, as just alluded today, you know, we, we've seen that the, actually the 45 percent um, um, uh, top rate uh, is going to be abolished. They've U-turned on that, but they haven't done it for the right reasons. They've done it because they've got pr pressure at, um, at the Conservative Party conference, not because actually for the last 10 days and even before that, we were saying this is a bad mistake. Yeah. So um, I'll stop talking for a minute. What do you think about that? Well, firstly, I've read, once read a book called Mistakes Were Made But Not By Us. I, th I've, I think we were doing the podcast when I read it, so I've probably okay. mentioned it on the podcast in the past. Worst part about the book, as, as a little bit of a joke, because the book was called Mistakes Were Made But Not By Us, they made the cover of the book upside down, mm. which made you feel like a dick when you read it on the tube, because <laughs> it just looked like you were being a prick, yeah. Um, but... That talked actually a little bit about some of the, um, I guess you, I'm cautious of using the word science, but some of the science behind why we why we tend as humans to stick to our guns and why it's really really difficult for us for us not to once we've made big and bold decisions, right? Yeah. Um, but particularly at that political level, when you see it happen, right? When you see it happen in the way that it's happened now. Um, I've said it before on here, and what I really think's happening, what I really think's happened is they're so addicted to power now, right? They're doing these crazy things that are just completely, that the sane rational mind can see is obscene, but they're so addicted and hooked and down that rabbit hole of power, it's like when you say to an alcoholic, you got a problem. And they're like, I'm fine. And you're like, you've been on a bender for four weeks. Your marriage has just fallen apart. You're like sleeping in your own piss and vomit. How can you say you haven't got a problem? And they genuinely think they haven't because they're so far down that rabbit hole. And it almost feels like this kind of happens when any party has been in, in power too long. And like a chain, someone described it to me. Let me just say this quickly. Um, Piers, my mate Piers, said it's like, you know when you play an old school computer game, yeah, right, and you get to the boss, yeah, you think, oh, this is awful, right? And it takes you loads of goes, and then you finally defeat it. Yeah. And it turns out it weren't the main boss, there's another one. Yeah. And then that happens like three or four times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And each and every time you think this is the last boss because it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. And then there's another one. Yeah. I mean, if like Theresa May now, when you look back at her. She was a saint. She was a saint. And I hated her. I think yeah. that was just before we started this yeah. podcast. It's funny, but isn't it? even now, I see something online a day or two ago, a picture of Boris Johnson and next to Rishi Sunak, yeah? And it said the good old times. You go, yeah, oh, and it said we, something yeah. like, "What would you do to have these two old boys uh, back in?" Right? And you look at it and you think, "Yeah, fucking like, oh, I would take that now." Uh, it's it's That's terrible, how bad it? it is. She's though, more, isn't it? she's more unpopular. Uh, she being Liz Truss is more unpopular than when Boris was ousted at the moment. Really? Yeah, she's at, uh, she's she's swung from. Uh, let me just see. I wrote some notes here. From she was at minus nine minus nine percent approval to I think minus thirty seven. Approval and Boris's worst ever. So this was all around Partygate. Was minus forty. Yeah, but you know she's already on that trajectory. So um, 
Yeah, no, I think I think uh, the thing about power is I, I genuinely so if, if, I think that the, um, uh, Liz and Quasi have have been kind of compadres for a, a long time. So I imagine they've been like, oh, our time's coming soon. Where it's going to be our turn soon, and uh, you know the. Uh, the idea that actually this is the 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 UK is in its worst kind of economic state ever means that this is it. We're gonna we're gonna say we're gonna save the the, yeah. the UK yeah, yeah, economy yeah, yeah. and we're gonna put in things that we believe because it's the only way. There's no trade deal with the US and there isn't one on the horizon, so we're just gonna have to stimulate the economy. And it's just massively backfired because it's just these two people have been living in a bubble, and and by the way, not just the two people, but the 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 dark you know, the dark kind of, um, uh, you know, forces that influence them, right? So, you know, they're just the face of uh, a whole industry of people that are pushing towards kind of more deregulation. And, and these are all sort of funded kind of um, uh, advisory groups and things like that. They're usually a bit faceless and they're kind of quite secretive. Um, but, you know, so they are just representing this whole shift in, in, in the way that, you know, um, uh, they think that the the country should operate, which is less laws, less restrictions, more, you know, capitalism, which is why they wanted to uncap, you know, uh, bonuses for bankers. Like that, like they've almost l forgotten what got us to two thousand and eight and the last crash. And do you, like, if you if you look at addiction in like the way that addiction progresses, right? And if you use like I don't know, let's say something really obvious like a let's say an alcoholic right or even a drug addict right when they start off using it it's not good right they're already using it in a bit of a not very good way let's use alcohol right because drugs people drugs are illegal so they're always seen as bad but somebody like might drink they're a bit of a life and soul right there's no problem with the drink it's quite yeah and then it sort of progresses and every now and then they go overboard right and you think fucking hell why is, why have they done that like that was really stupid and like you see the same with power where it feels like, oh, they've done one or two things and you think, like Theresa May, where you just thought, fucking, you know, I can't think of particular things, but you think, oh, that's quite bad that she's done that. Then you get like to Boris Johnson, which is where they're like drinking every day and you think, oh, they're really quite bad, but they're sort of just holding it together. But a lot of people are starting not to want to invite him to parties, although... So he had to run his own parties and invite everyone there, right? But you see that it progresses that. And now it just feels like they're just like in this... I don't really give a fuck what anyone thinks. Let's just, I'm going to drink whenever I want and it don't matter if I turn up to work. It's kind of lawless. Just gone lawless. Yeah. It really, like, it honestly feels like that's where we're at with it because, like, just to be a little bit, like, honest and be completely candid, I feel a little bit lost with everything that's going on, right? I just sort of, it just looks like a shit show now, right? And I sort of almost feel, I don't really know what's going on. Like, it just seems really really bad that it's got to that point um and i do think it's past the point of no return for them to be able to back out do you know what i mean it's mm. all like you need even if i was staunch tory right i think i'd be saying that we have to give labor a little bit of a run at it now to, to well to, it's funny you should say that that like they are they're, they're like there was a poll that happened uh recently and they uh uh, conservative members or I guess people that have registered as conservative votes are not necessarily ardent, you know, not all ardent conservatives. Mm. Um, many of the, I think, uh, I don't have the actual number, but yeah, many of them have said that they they think that Keir Starmer would make a better prime minister. Yeah, well, I'm not surprised at that. Yeah, but let me let me just give you some context. So we were talking about these tax cuts, right? Just uh, uh, until yesterday evening. Yeah. Um, 
tax cuts that uh, would cost the UK 45 billion. That was in the mini budget, right? So that was even before the Bank of England had to come in and do uh, put some measures in place. So they've yeah. had to kind of add another 65 billion. This cost 65 billion to, to do like 45 billion pounds worth of cuts. Yeah. And then just the interest alone of these ridiculous uh, measures have cost us 20 billion. So that's just billion. We're talking billions, right? But here's some context just to put in p perspective. And I shared this um, website with you last week, didn't I? That kind of- Yeah, yeah. So I've pulled out some of these. Um, so 45 billion, yeah? So the average salary of a nurse is 35,000. Imagine how many nurses or, 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 or staff, medical staff you could pay for, right? The cost of running a, uh, a primary school for a year is 1.1 million. So we're talking already over uh, what is it, 120 billion that's been spent on these tax cuts so far, right? Or projected costs. The cost of building a new mid-sized hosp mid hospital, 500 million. How many hospitals could we build? It's okay. fucking Okay, mental. there's more. The annual cost, the annual cost of running public libraries in the UK, 785 million. Like, imagine what providing a space and education, uh, uh, resources for children to grow, for adults who need to thrive. By abolishing the 45p rate, what they were essentially doing was handing 1 billion, so of that 45, 1 billion to just 250, uh, 2,500 millionaires. Just 2,500. A whole billion of that money that would you go just to said, 2000, just go directly only to 2,000 people. Yeah. And they would save, those people would have saved 400,000. The people that needed it most, by the way, just right? 400,000. So uh, so in the last 10 days, that, that action alone, just by doing it and saying it, cost the UK an, a, an additional 20 billion. More context on what things cost. Uh, the cost of a new fire station is 3.5 million. How many fire stations could you um, build with that? The cost, this is a big one. The cost of free school meals for underprivileged children is 126 million, right? So all these Tory MPs are putting pressure on their government now. Remember, let's not forget that they overwhelmingly voted to block that when it ran through Parliament yeah. last time to uh, cover it through lockdown. So 261 of 322 Tory MPs voted to block it. So let's not pretend that their actions are, are good in forcing this U-turn. I know I'm going heavy on the um, no, I think this uh, is really on the good. stats, but don't, like don't stop. Um, but but here's the thing, right? It's going to cost us money. It's going to cost us billions. Right, uh, we're not we're not we're not appropriately taxing corporation tax. We're cutting corporation tax. Right, we're not uh, we're we're reducing kind of income tax, and so it's tax cuts. So where do you think that this the savings are going to come from? It's got to be paid for somehow. So where's it going to come from? Well, the, the, us, the us. lower class, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Well, even the welfare state is going to be cut. So the, there's a guy called Simon, I think, close. Right. Um, and he's the levelling up secretary. So his job is to raise everyone's kind of uh, thriving kind of um, yeah. nature, right? Yeah, or, yeah. you know, um, their the, the, the living standards. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. He's the one that is saying that it's, uh, we've got to shrink the welfare state, it's too big. He's saying that. So they're looking to find cuts 
that are going to equal around 50 billion a year. From the welfare state? From the welfare state. Fucking, I didn't even know that, yeah. man. Yeah. So I know I gave a lot there. I, no, but listen, I, just, I think it's, is, I think it's yeah. important. Look, because I think a lot of people listening will be like me, which, which is like, I can see that it's a shit show. I know that it's, you know, being taken. I, I sort of have an idea of what's going on, but to hear it clear as daylight, I think people need to need to hear that. Can I ask you something, uh, uh, another question, just and sort of give me as long an answer as you need. What, how are they, how are they in layman's terms, if you can, because you're good at this stuff, how are they trying to justify it? What's, you listen to that, right? And I just think, uh, yeah. so what is there just, we've heard this trickle down shit, yeah. right? So can you, so, so, so the, I, the trickle yeah. down idea uh, uh, is, is, by the way, it's been, it's been proven uh, time and again that this, this economic policy doesn't work, okay? There's evidence to show it doesn't have a long-term sustaining. You sometimes get a bump with this sort of stuff, but it's not long-term sustaining. That's the first thing to say. But the idea of trickle-down is that you incentivize the, the highest earners to, to, to kind of to further invest, therefore creating jobs and opportunity. But it is, um, it is uh, what, this has been very, very specific around income and individuals versus broad macro changes, right? So we should be, for example, uh, doing a uh, uh, a windfall tax on energy companies because they're making record profits at a time when, well, we've talked about this, all right? We've yeah. talked about this yeah, a yeah, lot. Yeah. You know, so um, you've got to be, you know, they've never really chased proper corporation tax being paid by companies like Amazon and Facebook, right? Who have managed to offshore their businesses so that actually they don't have to pay appropriate tax. Those sorts of things are gonna move the dial, not like uh, cutting the welfare state. Now, um, uh, you know, and, then, and, and so their whole point is, you know, if we have higher earners who uh, can invest more of their money or they can stimulate the economy more uh, by uh, paying less, holding more into their pockets. So their idea is that if they have more personal, then they'll spend more and then that will stimulate the economy. So in layman's terms, they'll, let's just say, you know, Dave earns 100, Dave doesn't sound like somebody who earns 150,000 a year, but let's <laughs> say not, Dave, man? well, yeah. <laughs> um, Dave earns 150,000 a year um, and his wife earns, you know, a similar amount. Um, but, some, but slightly less because of the equal pay. Uh, yeah, exactly. I'm joking. But let's say, you know, they have a high disposable income. They've suddenly got more money in their back pockets. So they're going to start shopping more. They'll start spending more. If they start yeah. shopping more, there'll be more retail jobs. There'll be more hospitality jobs. And that's their whole point of view that that's how it... But yeah. it's, it's just, it's too myopic and there's no long-term strategy in it. So... That's, that's basically... And particularly with the world being like it is at the moment, even though, you know, those people are probably going to hang on to that money anyway, aren't they, right? With the way that you look at the world, the best... Uh, the, those 2,000 that are getting 400 Maybe. grand, by the way, they, yeah. they, they're, also, they're already at a point where also, they spend what they want anyway. Also, they're the kind of people that probably don't, you know, they don't care the, that mortgage prices have gone up because they probably have several homes in yeah. different places. Um, but the other thing is uh, that, that justifies it that, we, that isn't spoken about. You'll never get. You'll, you'll never really read about. It, is they'll say, "Oh no, no, you're you you you're stupid. We're clever. 
we know what we're doing. Yeah. That, that's how they're sort of justifying, ah, oh, silly, stupid, Yeah, I, I, like in layman's, you know, putting it really in layman's terms, is sometimes it feels a little bit like, well, let's give all the money to the really clever people so that it gets distributed to where it needs to go because the silly, stupid, poor people will just kind of blow it on stupid stuff anyway yeah. and then it won't, yeah. it, it like won't stimulate the economy because yeah. what are poor, stupid, poor people going to do with money, right? It, it's, it is... Uh, the, the more I think about it, and I don't want to turn this place into a conspiracy uh, theory. Hotspot, oh, no, let's much fucking as, much do as, it. As much as yeah. you would love to, I know. But the more, the more I see it, the more I read it, it feels like a very deliberate... Uh, a very deliberate strategy over a sustained period of time to increase the wealth and, um, uh, I, uh, yeah, the wealth and opportunity for the elite 1% at the cost of everyone else. And yeah. there's just a very, very, like, significant, um, I think, point of view that actually that that's it's all about uh, it's got to be that right because let, let, let's say one thing that you know i will never go down the line of going they're just stupid like they just didn't know what they were doing that i don't think that it, that's never the case no right? and like it's it, like i think sometimes we live with this idea that they'd never do that they'd never do that i mean nobody would do that not in not in that position but uh, i, I want to keep going back to the addiction analogy right but if you put a load of alcoholics in a room that's l with like loads and loads of alcohol, but go, that's really precious. Don't touch it because it, we need to share it round. They're going to drink it all, right? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Because that's kind of what happens. One thing that I would say that... Can well, I just make yeah. a point? I, I think also the West in particular, it, it, um, like we're hypocrites because we point the fingers at say, someone like a Putin or a Duarte in Indonesia, or like a you know, or yeah, yeah, yeah. you know another dictator, and we say how bad they are, um, you know, at, at the way that they kind of uh, you know rule over their people in an autocratic way. Um, yet when we sort of look at ourselves, we say, oh, yeah, but we're, the, we're Britain, we're a democracy, and the, the U.S. is is the same, right? Like, yeah, yeah. but actually, um, you know. The, the thing about um, dictatorships is that, that, that actually like life is probably quite similar for a lot of a lot of people that live here there's you know poverty there's um, elite classes are ruling uh, there's a lot of uh, you know corruption uh, people clinging on to power you know we haven't voted for this government let's just be clear we haven't voted for you know, successive governments as in the, there's been a change right like yeah. the, you know Theresa May won and then Boris comes in and then he had a... Did he have... He a, won yeah, against he won. Corbyn, yeah, yeah, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, but yeah, we didn't vote for Liz Truss. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 crazy. It's crazy, it's crazy uh, where we're... And I, look, I've always said it that, you know, or we were one of the fifth richest democracy in the world. I don't know what we are now, but we're a disgrace, man. When you look at like the ways in which we fund all of the people that need help and support, it is a disgrace. And was, so we shouldn't point away. I was listening to uh, a podcast, your mate, Dr. Gabor Mate on uh, on Rangan Chatterjee's podcast, which is fascinating. I can tell you're more enlightened, yeah. I am more enlightened, yeah. thank you. Um, nothing to do with you. Um, he, he said something like eight people, so the top eight wealthiest people in the world have more wealth than the bottom 50% of the world. Yeah, I'm not surprised at that. We are moving in that way, aren't we, right? Where That's it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, but we've, we've, we've been moving in that way for a long, long time where 
the the power is going more and more to a smaller and smaller group of people, right? To to where all of the money is going to be owned by this very, and that's why you know we talk about conspiracy theorists and stuff like that. None of us want to believe uh, that these things are happening, right? Because you know, with a conspiracy theorist, you go, well, if that was happening. Some people would be talking about it, but it doesn't, it's not like that where it's like this big conspiracy, people sat around a round table controlling everything, but it ain't too far from that. I think it's harder and harder to, um, to deny it now. You know, I think, I think in the past, it's always been these factions, right? There's the neoliberals, as you call them, yeah. the, the, the far right or the right wing. And then you've got kind of people who sit on the fringes of those extremes. And then you've got like the, the majority of the middle who would be mostly like going, oh, no, no, of course not. That wouldn't happen here, you know. But actually, I think now you're just seeing, you know, you're seeing these extreme, you're seeing this extreme wealth, um, extreme poverty. I was like, I was round at my, uh, my mum's at the end of last week. And um, it's an economically deprived area of London. And I've, you know, I've always talked about, you know, growing up there. But it just seemed way worse. I saw a lot of people that were clearly living on the street, you know, a lot more than I'd noticed in the in the past. And yeah, um, yeah, the numbers seemed to be increasing. I just it just got me thinking. There's probably a lot of people that just that you know, however hard you work, this that's it. Like you're gonna get pushed into that. You are gonna lose your home. Oh mate, I mean, yeah. Look, I had the thing through the door the other day, and I know they've done what they did with the energy thing and that. But our energy bills have gone up hundred pound a month. It's a fucking lot of money, mate. Mate, but we haven't even turned the heaters on, you know, like... like. Well, yeah, I know. I mean, they do it on like a working out on what you use because we're in a direct debit thing. So you're doing it... doesn't matter. Like, yeah. wait, like the price changes happened. Uh, the new cap went up uh, on yeah, the Yeah, this is the letter come through based on that. Yeah, But what, even £100, yeah? It's yeah. a... F like, yeah. that's crippling. for yeah. People are living on the bread line. You know yeah. what I mean? Where like... And, 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 and by the way, this is what's really important. People living on the breadline are fucking working good jobs yeah. living on the breadline. Yeah. This ain't like, oh, should he be on benefits or not? And da -da. this ain't that no more, yeah? And yeah. Uh, what I wanted to say, what I was going to say quickly, what has, what I've seen a big shift in, or so I've seen it or have I felt it? I don't know. But what's your man's name who uh, orchestrates all the rail strikes? Oh, the union guy. Yeah. yeah I you don't know, know what I mean? Yeah? yeah, yeah, yeah. When they did their strike few but first one was about two months ago wasn't it and everyone was a bit like oh what a bit of bit annoying. Bit, what yeah. a prick yeah. what you know it's annoying yeah. why do that bring the country to a standstill Did I? I see he came up because he's just been he's just done something with russell brand some interview with russell brand and i thought it's interesting because all of a sudden people are probably looking to him thinking you're fucking right mate yeah. and like we should all be yeah. you know we should all be doing what you're doing right so i do think you know, to bring it sort of full circle to w that mobilization that we've talked about in the past has felt very far away. We've talked about apathy in the past and both of us at various stages have felt a little bit apathetic with it all. Where it's like, I don't really give a fuck what they do now. There feels like there's a bit of a, there was a lot of protests. I don't know if you saw them this weekend. Were they calling them enough is enough protests? Well, that's I what I talked about enough is enough, didn't I? Uh, on the last pod. Yeah, right. Yeah, Yes, you did. Yeah, there you go. So they had, there was a load of them going on the weekend and there was a lot of, and it does feel now like people are coming together uh, and just realising that we need a change. And I do think regardless of what your political, um, 
uh, allegiances are. And I was at a place probably six months to a, to, to a year ago where if there was an election, I wouldn't have even voted. Mm. And I, like we had a bit of a discussion about it and you was like, well, you can't say anything then. And I was like, I'm not voting, mm. for, I'm not doing it. Whereas now I would run, I would run and vote Labour yeah. or whoever everyone told me that I had to vote for to make sure that it wasn't Tory that came in, yeah, to be honest yeah, yeah. with you. Yeah. Um, and I think ev I think that's where we're at. And sometimes a change is so neat. You just, even, again, like political allegiances aside, sometimes you just need a new set of hands on something to reset it all and start again, don't you? Oh, not sometimes. There should be a, there should be a term limit uh, there, at which a, a Is party... there a term limit? No, not in this country. In, okay. in the States, there's a, there's okay, a two-term the limit is, for yeah. presidents. What would you make that limit? Uh, I think, like... I think eight years is not a bad term, like two terms. Yeah, because like. it's been a sh proper shit show yeah. for about four years now. Yeah. Like, because like, it needs to be long enough so that a party can think, but, but, I need to implement something but, that's going to be... Exactly, they need, they need to be able to do change. But the thing about the term limits is is for presidents, not for parties, right? So, right, right. Um, and so Tory... Well, that would make a blind leaders. bit of Exactly, they don't, they never yeah. last, exactly. Well, you, <laughs> if you think about it, yeah, from when they've been in, from Cameron to like... Uh, then Theresa May to Boris Johnson and Liz Trust. Like, none of them left because they've gone, I've had enough now, better let somebody else. They've all been fucking hounded out. Oh, I've done a great job, yeah. How, like, they've been hounded yeah. out, yeah. Hounded out. Um, and, and by the way, sorry, one last thing. We're not talking about one individual. When it, It's wholesale change. Um, whenever, say, Cameron left, then his, the chance of exchequer change. So all of that work that whatever got done has to get redone again. So it's just reinventing the wheel, which is so inefficient, right? Yeah. You're burning through resources, cash, um, policies, all that sort of stuff. So it's ridiculous. Anyway, the point is, I think their time is coming to an end. Yeah. Like, they're, they're, it's very, very difficult to see them uh, recovering from this, which is good. But currently, she is more unpopular than Boris Johnson when he was leaving. He was his popularity was minus twenty eight percent when he people still thought he was a little buffoon, you know what I mean, when he yeah. left. But yeah, she's currently at uh, minus thirty seven from not uh, minus nine, so she started badly anyway. Um, but Labour has increased its popularity from five points to nineteen points. So right. of the vote, so I guess all the people that registered to vote in terms of the you know a snapshot of the people that were surveyed. Uh, Twenty-seven percent would vote for Tory, forty-six percent would vote for Labour. So Labour just need to not fuck up. That's it. Like they yeah. just need to. They need to just basically not screw up. Is it that though? Right? Will, will that? Do you think that will be the case? Right, not screw up now, but once they get in, right? I'm sort of thinking of it. I'm talking just to get in. Just to get in. Yeah. yeah. Just but, to get in. But like I mean, once they get in, I wonder what. I wonder what time they'll be afforded. Or is it be going to be like a football manager? You know, like they're all calling for... Yeah. I, I see people are calling for the Tottenham manager to be sacked after the weekend. Do you know what I mean, right? So, like, I hope that they're given a little bit of a chance because surely it's like a rebuilding project for well, it, whoever But it has coming. to be. But it's a bit like when uh, Barack Obama came in in 2008. He, d he had no idea he was walking into the global, ec you know, economic meltdown that was caused by exactly what, um, by the way, uh, Liz Truss and her cronies are trying to put in, yeah. that sort of deregulation. Um, and so he spent his at least his first four years just trying to recover from that. And I don't think he ever truly recovered. So I don't know if you remember, like, you know, but like th that whole period of him becoming president and the lead up to it, you know, the, the campaign on hope, it really felt like the 
It genuinely, it just it sucked you in, didn't it? The whole yeah. world around change. And then as soon as he came in, he had to deal with this. So I'm just, I don't think it's going to be any plain sailing. Let's not forget yeah. that there's been 12 years of sustained cuts. So there's no money that's going to magically appear. And on top there's of that- There's no magic had... money tree, as Theresa May said. Oh, did she say that? Yeah. Oh, great. Um, so, yeah, so it's a big job. Yeah. Well, let's hope Keir any, Starmer's any not, a, not an alien. Yeah. Like I fucking said he <laughs> a is. A Tory alien, though, you said he is. <laughs> uh, so on that lovely note, <laughs> uh, no, look, I, look. B before we move on to reasons, um, I, you know, I just thought, you know, do do, do our listeners need to hear, um, you know, us two rabbiting on about this, right? And I think a lot of people just come and, and like listening to our banter, but we are a topical show and to not, talk about this or last week when you know or last time when not not talking about the, the queen passing i think um it would be wrong for us not to dive into it can i just touch on that as well because it is important to me um every now and then i go through phases in my life where all i'm able to do is focus on myself and not not outside of me right and that's important for me to do that right where from whether it's a work perspective i'm trying to build something or it's a inner healing part of myself and I'm and I'm going through a, a, a period of growth and I need to do that healing work. There are periods of my life where it is right for me to focus only on myself and what I do for myself and forget that the world exists out there. Right. Um, however, to do that all of the time, to only ever focus on yourself and just do the work on yourself and forget everything else is probably narcissistic. Mm. And I don't think you're doing proper self-work if it doesn't encompass a bit of social activism because all you're doing is fucking saving yourself. And so it's always really important to me that potentially being completely candid, what we're going through at the moment isn't really affecting me. My life continues to kind of grow and evolve in a really, really positive way. I think it would be wrong of me to forget social activism and these, these the conversations in this context, right? It would be wrong of me, hypocritical and arrogant of me, to not use this space in the way that we've always set it out to be, which is to have these conversations. So I think we always do it in a way where we try and throw a bit of banter in. And that's why I was really pleased that you've come in the way that you did, because I think you explained it in a way where I listen to that and I go, okay, I know what's going on. Because sometimes I just know it's a shit show. And then I just point the fingers and say, Tories are a bunch of assholes and we're all, you know, taking from the rich and sorry, taking from the poor and giving it to the rich and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So I think, this will have been a really useful episode for people today. And it's yeah. important for us to, for, it's important to me to always have a social activist part of myself that yeah. I use. Yeah. And I think uh, using our platform, not just this one, but all of our public platforms, the work that we do, the influence that we have is really, really important. And I think I've certainly have uh, not been as vocal about this as, um, as I'm passionate about, you know, and that's, a lot of it's down to me being again focused on what I'm trying to do, but I think we have a role to play. So I'm really glad we talked about. It. And we're not always going to have the answers. There was, there's no answer. We cannot, you know, in our limited kind of worldview, have answers on this. But we yeah. have to kind of bring it out. We, yeah, yeah, have to explore it and bring it into the consciousness and and and, and be curious about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, reasons to be cheerful, Josh. Where are we out of reasons to be cheerful? I thought we was cutting this this bit. Uh, uh, we no, we just have, on? well, last week you were late. Uh, last time you were late, so therefore we ran out of time. My reasons to be cheerful, both, so both of my sons are captains of their football team now. Yeah. Um, just very quickly, I uh, I made it my, uh, you know, having gone into vets football now and finished playing 
sort of uh, the football at the level that I did. I made it my business when I played to be hated by everyone, right? And I sort of got off on it a little bit. So I was abused a lot by people on the side, right? And I, and I pushed it and I, I, I thought it was all part of the game and it was all, you know, I played the villain and I quite enjoyed it. I go and watch my, my eldest boy's 11, so he's playing under 12s. The abuse from fucking parents on the sideline, I, I never experienced it through my whole adult playing career. I mean, towards the kids. Towards the kids. Wow. It is something to behold. And so, like, so the opposite, like they'll be having a go at the opposite kids or so, their own Yeah, my team. boy, right. my boy, yeah. is, of course he's watched me play all of his life, yeah. right? So he puts it about a bit, which is, I think it's a good bit and it's a place for him to get out a bit of his aggression and stuff like that. Sometimes he probably goes a little bit too far and he and he, and he he's a bit of a wind up merchant. So he'll wind people up. But I'm still on, he wears number 45. I'm still on the sideline. I've got to listen to people going, that little, 45, you idiot, you. Oh, what an absolute, look at him, stupid. What a little, like, just abusing my kid. I don't know, I'm going to get in trouble one, one of these days watching So it. what's your reason to be cheerful? Um, so I just want to, my, my boys game got abandoned on Saturday, Sunday. Right. Because the ref said, I've had enough. He's volunteering. He's the manager of my kid's team. And he said, I've had enough. I'm calling it off. I ain't come out here to be abused. That's how bad it got. Yeah. Anyway, but my reason to be cheerful is the way that my son, as the captain of that team, handled himself. Yep. And he made all his players go and shake hands with all of the players as they was leaving when the game yep. had been abandoned. And then he went off. Uh, and my other boy is captain of his team as well. Yep. Um, and uh, so we went straight over and watched the end of his game. Uh, and they got beat quite heavily. But the way that he was galvanising the team was... Yep. Uh, Incredible, mate. Yeah, very, very proud dad moment. Yeah, yeah. and like you sent me the uh, uh, yeah. the two boys yesterday, yeah. which was a lovely moment. And and just um, you know, leadership is not easy. Mm. And uh, you know, to be able to kind of do what you need to do, and and they'll hear the stuff, by the way. You know that you know that's been leveled at them, but just to kind of um, uh, you know withstand it and lead and 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 step into the plate is brilliant. He will have taken stuff stuff from you, or they will have taken stuff from you. But then they're their own people as well, right? Yeah, exactly. And they're going to find their own exactly, way. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I love that. Um, my reason to be cheerful is this week is a big week for for, for me and our team. Um, yeah. It's a long time coming. Really excited about um, what we're doing. I'm not saying I'm deliberately not saying too much about it because um, it's under wraps. But you know, when we launch in the new year, um, it's all around impacting society. You know, what we're trying to do is is um, lift help lift people up uh not like in a bullshit way that the tories are saying they're doing but actually yeah, genuinely yeah, not creating, trickling it yeah down not trickling it down yeah. but actually genuinely giving opportunities um, and and that starts to this week and you know we've got a lot of uh, we've we've put a lot of effort particularly uh my 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 brilliant colleagues particularly uh guy and john we're going to give them a shout out just what they've done whoop, whoop. i guess uh, ready so i'm really excited about that i'm so cheerful about that uh and like you know i know i said i've got a lot on my plate but you know the overriding feeling is excitement sweet man i've enjoyed this uh look forward to putting it out this week and we'll see everybody very soon thanks again for listening to 115 miles with josh Connolly and hassan kai 